0: Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uytaki, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth, we are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessman, welcome to the Young Businessman of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yuitaki. And uh, you're tuning in for episode number 31. So we're almost on a full-blown month's worth of content, even though this is a weekly podcast. But uh, I want to thank you for joining us. I have a fantastic guest with me, and I know I say that a lot, but um, I'm kind of biased whenever I actually reach out to people to be on the podcast. Uh, I try to identify people that either I look up to or I have a lot of respect for. Or people that I just want to get to know a lot better because I see what they're doing out there. And I know that I feel like I have a good understanding of where their heart is and what they're trying to do. And I'm like, man, I just want to bring those people together and try to find a way for them to uh, put back into the audience. But also so that I can learn some stuff from them. And today, my guest is one of those guys. His name is Scott Taylor. He's the founder and executive creator of ColourPop uh, and also the author of Jacob and the Cloak. And uh, I'll put some links inside the podcast so you can actually see uh, what color pop is. And I'm, I'm going to definitely give Scott an opportunity to talk about that. Uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, one of the most favorite things you can do is talk about your business. So I'm going to definitely give you that opportunity. But I also want to talk to you about Jacob and the Cloak and uh, what that book is and what that's meant to you over time. So first and foremost, Scott, thank you for joining us. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to join the podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm honored to be here, man. I, I shed a little tear knowing that you look up to me that intro man. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to hold back my emotion right now
0: let it go man just let it flow let it flow
1: don't hold it back anymore yeah
0: we're trying something <laughs> new today this is actually so instead of my traditional podcast that we do through Skype we're actually doing a video podcast that's a it's a Google uh, live broadcast and so because
1: full uh, confession I couldn't figure out Skype and so <laughs> he had to acquiesce to my technological <laughs> Issues with Google Hangouts, so here we
0: are. (laughs) The good news about this, though, is I think if if this works, how I think it's going to work, this could is I believe will open the door, so you'll be able to see the raw, uncut uh, (laughs) podcast creation podcast uh, uh, creation part of this because the whole uh,
1: process unfolding.
0: What my listeners don't know is I heavily edit everything, and so it makes it sound like I'm really smart. But when you see the the YouTube version of myself, you're going to be like, "Man, that guy stumbles and stutters a lot more than I thought."
1: The jig is up, dude.
0: (laughs) So anyway, Scott, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Tell them about what ColourPop is. Tell them about Jacob and the Cloak and uh, just kind of give them an idea of who you are.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I feel like I need to say just right off off the cuff, I I want your listeners to know that I am the Iron Man, first of all.
0: That was a very very dated reference.
1: I just watched that movie like two days ago. And I'm like, yes, that's a great scene. Roll credits. Uh, (laughs) And scene. Yes, roll credits. (laughs) What a way to end a movie. No. Okay, so uh, you said it. I'm the owner, uh, the founder, and the executive creator for ColourPop Art and Design, which is a a one-stop shop art company for all kinds of commissioned art, both analog and digital. What that really means is we uh, basically, if you can think it up, and it's art-related, drawing, painting, digital art you know pencil anything we can essentially do it so we've got a team of about nine artists that work in our pool and they're all different backgrounds different mediums yeah and just we kind of go across the board with our clients we do a lot of weddings and live events uh, for art and then we also do a lot of business stuff and logo design and digital art and stuff like that so Yes, yeah, so that's essentially what pop is.
0: Well, as I've been able to kind of see some of the stuff through your Facebook page and some of the different posts that you have, I mean, just some of the things that you create are just absolutely amazing. And for you, something Thank that you, something that's like a sketch is something that I would probably spend like hours and upon hours on just to make <laughs> it look uh, less like a stick figure. So, uh, well,
1: I will I will say that sometimes it is a sketch, but sometimes, and I'll let you in on a little secret. Sometimes artists will spend like an hour and a half on something and then they'll write just a sketch (laughs) (laughs) so that it makes it look like it last took way a shorter time than it really did.
0: Uh, but all I right that makes in. a lot more sense now because some of that stuff um oh look at this sketch stuff i did i just painted this door in the last you know 30 minutes and it looks and exactly like, so like iron man like,
1: oh this whole thing oh mm-hmm. this this is nothing
0: <laughs> i'm on to you guys now all right now see i have the inside track now. <laughs>
1: Some are that fast. I'm not that fast. Sometimes I, it depends on what it is. If I'm drawing it a bunch of times, if, if we're drawing Spider-Man or Batman or something like that, I can draw pretty quick. But <laughs> sometimes the other things take me a little longer.
0: So tell me a little bit about what got you into that, because that's a to me, like when, whenever somebody says, well, I, you know, I'm an artist or whatever else. That sounds like the most difficult path to take in life because it's like it's so subjective, but it's also it takes so much time and
1: well and it's a, and there's a perception that it's very difficult to monetize yeah and i say perception i use that word choicely because it's really not like, everything is monetizable you just have to figure out how to do it in that industry right you just have to figure out how to work it so yeah. there, there. yeah sure maybe there's some things that are easier and granted you know art is a luxury you know you don't need art Uh, you can make it i can make an argument that you do need it but that's a whole another conversation yeah but i mean as far as like you need water or you need your utilities or you need whatever you know but at the same time you if you learn about the industry and you learn about human psychology you learn about what connects with people and you can figure out a way i think to monetize anything successfully in the business you just got to pay close attention and know what you're doing
0: yeah absolutely i mean it I I will let you in on a little secret. I was slightly Ooh, gifted. Oh, I love at, secrets. Tell yeah, me. I was slightly gifted at art when I was a kid. Or at least that's what everybody told me. I feel like it was one of those things. Like you watch American Idol, and uh, the 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 person gets up there and they sing and they just feel like they're just absolutely nailing the song, and then the judges kind of come back and be like, "Wow, that was that was absolutely horrible." So I was like, I was caught in that bounce. I was like, Is it actually good or not? I don't know. But um and, uh,
1: no, I'm sure it was great, man. You know, it's always that it's always that 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 feeling of like, man, my my family, my friends are saying it's good, but are they just saying it's good because they're my friends and family or is it yeah. really good?
0: Yeah. So you know? so, so I, I for you, that. what was the where was the validation point? At, at what point did you really kind of look back at it and <laughs> say, "All right, you know what? I think this I think I got something here."
1: You know, that's always an interesting question. I get that a lot whenever I do interviews of like how did you get started? When did you know that you wanted to do this? And I got to be honest, dude, like I never really had a really strong art background and I never really drew or painted or did anything in junior high, high school. In fact, the last time I remember drawing, it was like in the fifth grade, and I was drawing like Looney Tunes. I was like looking at pictures and redrawing like Tasmanian Devil and Bugs Bunny, really simple, simple cartoons, right? Uh, and then I just kind of abandoned it, and I didn't think I had any proficiency for it because I never did it, and so therefore no way ever validated me, and I just never considered myself an artist. So I kind of stumbled into this really, uh, I call myself a bewildered founder. You know, it's like I'm still looking around, trying to figure out. Like, still in shock of like where I am every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, but I learn on the go. You know, but with me, it was just kind of a thing where one day I was working at a coffee shop uh, in my hometown here in Tulsa. I, one day my manager was like, "Hey, can you draw the daily deal or the weekly deal on the board, chalkboard mm-hmm. above the register?" And I was like, "Oh man, sure. Like, I can sit out and not have to pour, you know, shots." <laughs> and, uh, and i can get paid and i can just draw on a board whatever that's fine so i knew he this is kind of like the really abridged version but basically i knew he loved transformers and so i was like i'm going to draw something transformers cuz i like transformers i know he's going to love it and maybe he'll ask me to do it again next week if he likes it cuz i'm just thinking like i can like get paid and not you know just draw so i looked up a photo on my phone of optimus prime and i just looked at it and i just copied it took the markers i looked at the phone and i drew it on the board and i stepped back and i was like dang that's kind of good like i (laughs) kind of like that i showed to him he loved it so as predicted he asked me to come back the next week and draw on the board so i drew what i enjoyed what i liked so i drew spider-man and you know superman and family guy and you know boba Fett and every week boom 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 every week he would ask me and customers were coming in being like oh man like." What is that on the board? Like, I love it. They were wanting to know what the next drawing was going to be. Yeah. One day, this lady came in. And she goes, "You're so good at art." She was a regular. She was like, "You're so good at art. You should start an art company." And I was like, I kind of had this Goldie Wilson moment for Back to the Future. I was like, "Mayor, I like the sound <laughs> of that." You know, I was just kind of like, I, sh- "I should start an art company." And I literally quit that day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna do it, but I just knew. I basically, in short, I basically perceived that there was a market for it and because I thought I'll start an art company that's like a hub that does all kinds of art instead of just a random artist that's out there trying to promote himself. In his style of art, I'm going to yeah. create a hub that we can do all kinds of stuff. And I and I and so I kind of draw, but I also knew another artist in town who had, I had befriended that was also really really talented, much much more than me, still is. And uh, and I knew I could bring him on the team. And I was like, okay, me and him, we'll just do it. We'll just fake it till we make it, and it's going to work out. And I just I just knew I knew there were challenges, but I also knew that I wasn't for sure for sure going to give up so I just knew that if I don't give up, it will eventually work.
0: A lot of people, whenever they're starting businesses or jumping into something, one of the biggest thing that holds them back is fear. Like they're, I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of those guys, right? I'm very analytical. Like I'm going to look at, you know, scenario A, B, am going to try to identify like, is there a market? Do I have my business plan in place? Do I have, have I done all the market research? Is this the right niche for me? Is this product going to test out? And if I'm going to put my money behind it, like, uh, is it going to work? And so I build up all these excuses or, or all these things, which I will say that you need to do a lot of that stuff. I think for me, it's more like the fear of uh man, if this thing fails, I don't wanna either put my name to it if it's gonna fail or sure. I don't or risk have- it,
1: you know. You got a family, you know, you have to provide. Yeah, absolutely. There's an investment yeah. for sure and there's a risk there.
0: So having having that mentality versus uh i'm gonna quit my job right now we're just gonna make this like that's so foreign to me but i love that there's like personalities out there like yours that just jump it's just like i don't know how to swim but i guarantee you if i move around enough it's possible and so i'm just gonna swim
1: i would love to sit here and say yeah man thank you i just you know i'm just really a brave courageous guy i don't think that's the case at all i think it was more at naivety you know in the sense that like i don't know i learned by doing right because i don't have a super high educational like college background like i just learn better by jumping in and i look around and i observe and that's how i gather information that's how i make decisions right so if i don't know because i haven't i hadn't learned about all the stuff in college i didn't take a business course i never took a marketing you know degree i never did any of that stuff but i had worked in sales and i also knew what i was capable of and what i could accomplish kind of in a conversation like I, i knew people I knew knew brain psychology conversations like that. And just from working in sales, you know, so I was like, like, I'm just going to jump out here and observe, try and see what happens when I try and then gather data from that and then make another decision and then observe what happened from that decision and keep moving forward just like that. But I knew that, that I would never start it unless I just jumped in. Like if I tried to do what you did or what you were talking about, I would never be able to do it. Um, Yeah, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, you talk yourself out of it, you know? You watch the clouds, you never plant, kinda deal. And so I knew so my personality type and it has to do again a lot with my personality type. I mean, when I was twenty years old, I mean I moved to California with a sleeping bag and a pillow and three pairs of clothes. Like I had no plan. I was like, I'm gonna be a famous actor and I'm gonna burn the ships and if I if I go out to Cali with no phone and no plan, like I'll be forced to make it and then I'll be successful. And that's exactly what I did. Like, I mean, I didn't become a famous movie star, obviously, but I mean I worked my way up to self-sufficiency.
0: You I know, like were you in like a Mentadent commercial or something or like a Mentos commercial? Was that you?
1: Uh, <laughs> I was in a I was in a barbecue commercial. Oh, there you go. So I'll be signing autographs <laughs> at the end.
0: Okay, okay perfect. One.
1: <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? It has to do with my personality. That's my personality of like I'm just gonna jump in, I'm gonna I'm just gonna do it because if I work at it hard enough, long enough, it will eventually work. Yeah. And if I pay close attention, I can minimize risk. So that was kind of my mentality behind it.
0: That's awesome. Well, I, I'm intrigued because you brought up the talk, uh, the point about not having a college degree, and I actually just had that same conversation with a good friend of mine who is another guy that he like really good at sales, and he almost felt like not having that degree held him back. And uh, I kind of looked at him straight in the eyes, and I basically said, just because you don't have a degree, and just because you haven't done those classes doesn't necessarily take away from anything other than really what you f- what you believe in yourself. I mean, especially if you're an entrepreneur, I think that those classes and having a college degree helps. But oh, I, I'm not I'm not one that would say that you have to have that to be successful. And for him, I feel like he felt to the point where he would not try to do things because he felt he didn't have the education to do it, to where I said I believe that whatever you put your mind to, you can do. Like if you want to learn, you're one of the smartest guys I know that has been able to just figure things out. And not having that degree, you know, shouldn't hold you back at all from any of those things. He's like, man, that means means a lot coming from you. And I have a college degree. So I, obviously uh, for me, it's a little bit different perspective for him. But for him to say, say, you know, here's somebody who was able to find success with a college degree saying that, yeah, it's nice, but you don't necessarily have to have that to be successful or yeah, it doesn't man. define your worth as, a, as an employee. Because like you said, it's all it's, it's people, it's relationships. That's the secret is if you can have those relationships with people, you will be successful. It's it's not the piece of paper.
1: And I really agree with that. Now, you'll have some entrepreneurs who are like me, maybe who didn't go to college, and they, they're they kind of like college haters, college bastards, right? They're like, yeah. oh, man. What a waste of money. It's an institution that should be done away with. It's just going to saddle you with debt and blah, 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 this and that and all that. I'm not one of those. right? I think college across the board is one thing. It's always helpful and beneficial. It's always helpful and beneficial. Now, it's not always necessary to reach your goal, but it's always helpful. I would be a better entrepreneur if I went to college. I don't think it would hold me back. Uh-huh. I think it would help me, um, but it's not necessary. I feel like to succeed, and of course, then you you and also you've just got blind luck. Sometimes you know you just catch a break here, there. That's why you got to put yourself out there. Almost all the best things that have happened to me have happened because I've been present in a moment, and I've looked around and I've assessed opportunity, and I've just asked. Like I just got a celebrity endorsement for my book because I met him, and I was like, hey. I think you have a great voice to do an audiobook for my for my uh, children's book on trauma and emotional literacy. I'll call you on Monday if you're interested, and we can talk about it. And I just kind of yeah. assumed the close, and he was like, "Well, thank you, like for thinking of me. Like, I, yeah, I'd love to look at your project." And we talked about it. We ended up meeting. We talked about it and signed on. So it's like it's all about just putting yourself out there, you know. And if I would have had, the, if I would have been like, "Oh man," like he's like a legit celebrity, And he is, and he's well known. Mm-hmm some schmuck, you know what I mean? And I was like doubting myself, but the reality is that he and I are the same. We're both creators. It's a different medium and you and I are the same and me and everybody else are the same In that we're out in the world and we're doing our thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're all on a level playing field and we all need to see each other as peers and encourage each other and try to work with each other and bring each other into each other's projects as much as possible.
0: Well, I think it's awesome that you brought up the book because that's one of the things that I do want to talk about and try to get a little bit better understanding of what caused you to write this book and, uh, Uh, especially the message that the book has behind it. So if you don't mind, tell the uh, listeners a little bit about uh, Jacob and the Cloak and and how you kind of came up with the idea for it.
1: Sure. So Jacob and the Cloak is a short story. Uh, It's a children's book uh, that I wrote to kind of chronicle the journey through pain sometimes, the inner journey that we have. So we go through a hard thing, whether it's some kind of intense trauma or just kind of The daily, you know, kind of stuff of life, the hurts of life, and the things that don't go our way. Like, how do we process those things in a way that is not contributing to uh, contributing to more dysfunctional behavior? And like, like an example would be, like, you hurt me. Like, you you didn't call me back. You like I called you. I left a message. You didn't call me back. So now I'm thinking, well, you didn't call me back because this happened. This reminds me of last time when I had another friend who did this, and you start like making it huge in your mind and it becomes yeah. this big thing so what what i hope to do is to basically lay out through kind of a really soft and really approachable uh, story uh this metaphor of jacob who's a bear and he goes through this journey meets these different characters and he has a cloak just to basically show like there are ways that we can develop what i call an emotional literacy it's a term that i use mm-hmm. and basically to say okay what is happening in that moment okay That person didn't call me back. I'm hurt. Why am I hurt? Well, because of this. What emotion is that specifically? Okay, well, it's the emotion of feeling, you know, maybe uncared for or non-important or disrespected. Okay, okay, great. So why does that bother me so much? And you look back and you're assessing, right? And a lot of that is done in the company of close friends, right? So it's all about living vulnerably, having people in your life that you can openly talk about all these things and verbally process through what you're feeling so that – you can correctly identify what it is you're feeling uh and then know what to do about it that's going to actually make you a stronger uh more mature person going
0: forward i love the whole idea behind it and especially where you're talking about connecting with close friends and, and and using them to encourage you and help you get through that i think especially for guys like this so for this for the young businessman of Tulsa it's it's essentially uh, that guy who's getting started in in their career right they're getting started with a family and i remember you know myself 10 years ago i was very closed i i would hold a lot of that stuff in i would never show weakness and i would never uh, allow people to see what i was truly going through because i viewed it as uh, I viewed it as weakness and it was something that I didn't want to have anybody exposed to because I felt like they would either hold that against me or it would uh, stunt it me. from. fear. Yeah. Well, it, fear a little bit, um, but I, I think part of it was pride. And I think that I wanted to project this uh, uh, greatest hits at all times and be you know the smartest person in there. But ultimately right. w- what I found out is as I progressed well, in life, fear,
1: it, what I'm yeah, it, and
0: it pushes the people away. Yeah, I did but I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it as fear or or anything negative. I actually
1: saw it as strength.
0: Yeah, I saw it as like I am untouchable. But what happened was at at some point there was things that happened where I realized that I didn't have it all together and I didn't know everything and I was really vulnerable at that point. And I didn't yes. have anybody around me because I pushed everybody, pushed everybody at, at, a, at an arm's length distance. or arm's length. Or I dist-
1: convinced everybody, you know, of your lie, the
0: false self of like, man, everything's fine. So everyone's like, okay, I guess everything's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they're like, they're like, well, you know, obviously he doesn't need close friends or he doesn't need help because he's got it He's got am not going to reach
1: out, or check in on him or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think you hit on such a big thing. I think that our culture, it really uh, is always. Uh, strengthening that misconception of that to show vulnerability is is a sign of weakness yeah um now in a sense in a sense that it, it is in that you you could be hurt you you could be exposed you're exposing yourself um but at the same time those things don't go away like they just keep compounding mm-hmm. so if you don't have a core group of friends that you can be fully known and fully vulnerable with then you're basically living with kind of like you it's a glass ceiling like you can only go so far and it only works only as long as everything is kind of working for you. When the yeah. bottom when the bottom falls out, then those things don't work anymore. And so often, like you said, you kind of hit a point where you were made vulnerable by life, right? Just something didn't work out. Something didn't go yeah. as planned. And then sadly, uh, that's often what it takes for someone to snap out of that and be like, I don't want to live this way. You know, I don't want to live with all this stuff stuff down inside to where I feel like I can't, I can't move forward. Um, like I, I, I just want to be able to like release all the stuff inside of me and just be fully known, you know, by at least a couple of people, you know, I think essentially that is how we get emotional health is by owning that stuff. Yeah,
0: you know, does that make sense? No, I, absolutely. I mean, the thing that I was thinking about kind of what where you're talking about that was by getting it out of your mind and talking through it with people and finding out that other people have gone through those types of things or had those types of situations. I mean, you know, I just talked to a guy last last month who had lo- just just lost his job and it was like for him, he'd worked there for over ten years, and he was like—he was kind of the face. He was one of those guys that had been there for such a long time.
1: Sure, he was and, well known there, and
0: yeah, and and you just look at it and you go, this doesn't make any sense at all. And for him, like he was just so distraught because he was—he was realizing that he had to completely start over again. And I knew that he could do it, and I all—all right. all of his friends knew he can do it. And so he had luckily, the wind knocked out of him, you know. Yeah, and so the cool thing was we were able to be there for him and just say, "Hey, if you need somebody to talk to, if you uh, if you need recommendations, if you needed somebody to put your resume out there for you, like we got your back." And the the crazy thing was that within less than a week, he had already found a better job that put him in a, a, a better position to where he could really operate in his strengths. Wow. But and I, the funny thing was, like when he when he was telling me what happened, I was like. I was like, Hey man, this is a, I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but this is a really cool opportunity for you. And, right. and, and let me finish before you punch me in the face. This is a really cool opportunity because you're going to really get to find out how much God plays a role in your success. It's not just you and it's not just, you know, everything that you've built him to this point. He didn't get you this far to have it all fall apart. He got you to this point sure. to lead you to the next thing. And I said, if anything, the reason that this happened was because you were so secure in what you were doing that you would have never seen a better opportunity come along because you you were already kind of locked into this thing. But now your eyes have been opened and you're going to sure. be able to see an even better opportunity for you. And sure enough. Man, that's uh, that's
1: wise counsel, brother.
0: It's, it's one of those things that as, as somebody who's been on the other side of it, it's easier to talk about it. But right. when you're first going through it, it's, it's the toughest thing in the, the empathy.
1: world. So you are practicing empathy in that moment, even <laughs> though earlier you said it's not really my strong suit, but you're saying, Hey, I've been here. I know this space and let me tell you, it gets better because it got better for me. And so, because I know that I I can hope for you when you can't hope.
0: Well, empathy, empathy is one of those things. It's, it's tough for me. So like, I'm not an emotional person. And so when I, when I, when I see things that are happening, like I look at the numbers, I look at what's happening, and I'll make a decision based on that. Where I right. talk to somebody else, and they're going to be like, "Well, how does that person feel, and how can we help them?" Like those thoughts don't—they're not first nature to me. They're not even second, nature, right. third, and fourth nature to me. And so when we were talking <laughs> about when we were talking about empathy, it, it, like I'm definitely capable of the emotion, but it's it's not natural for me. And so what sure. I've found over time is as I'm more tuned into it. I'm able to utilize it, but it's well, I mean, definitely it a, a struggle.
1: Sometimes you have to, it's, it's definitely something that you have to practice. You know, empathy is essentially, empathy and being emotional are different. You know, I want to make sure to make that distinction because I don't consider myself a, a, a very emotional person. I'm not prone. I, I'm a kind of a logic based. I mean, honestly, like here's a great example. Like in California, when I flew over there, right, and I I landed, I had no plan. I started kind of getting freaked out, right, because the reality started hitting me of like, man, I literally do not know a single soul in this entire city. What am I going (laughs) to do? And I started getting a little fearful, right? And and then I literally said – I remember this. I said, this emotion of anxiety and fear is not serving me right now because I literally have to figure something out, and there's no one around to help me. So me getting all freaked out about it is not going to do me any good right now. I just need to not feel that because I need to make decisions and I need to move quickly. So because I logically assess that the role of fear and anxiety in the moment, even though totally merited because of my situation, (laughs) was not serving me, then I logically dismiss it. So that's my personality as well. But when it comes to empathy, what I try to do is it's all in how I'm approaching them. Okay, So it's kind of like… I'm holding my phone, so I'm trying to try to hold it here. But it's kind of like, here's the person that's hurting, and if I'm, like, right here, that's not empathy, right? That's saying, like, I have – this a feudal system, right? Like, I have the answer. This is what you should do, and I'm not allowing myself to entertain the struggle. I'm just looking at the numbers. But what empathy is saying is, like, I know that all numbers aside, I know that sometimes I can know the right thing. But it's difficult for me to do it because of a million reasons that are unique to me you know and it's kind of why we struggle in these cycles right and you dealt with that too we all have to some degree where we know the right thing it's like you know like paul talks about you know struggling with sin right and he's like i know the right thing to do but i don't do it mm-hmm. you know so so or whatever there's there's these cycles sometimes that we can develop in our lives because of decisions we made in the past that have entrenched themselves in our brain and we have these unhealthy neurological pathways right and so we get that so empathy is essentially saying essentially saying I'm going to come down and meet you where you're at and we're going to work on it together. Yeah. Instead of like, I'm going to be up here and kind of untouched by your malaise and I'm going to offer stuff from my ivory tower, but I'm going to come down and meet you where you're at. You know, if you imagine, imagine there's a child, right? And the child is in a mirror fun house, right? You know, like all the different shapes and size mirrors and they, it's really disorienting, right? You know, and he's crying because he's lost and he wants to get out, right? And uh, and so he's crying, and yelling, "Mom, help me, help me, help me!" And his mom is outside of the funhouse and she's yelling, "I already told you five times, son. It's easy <laughs> to get out. Left, right, straight. Go back. Walk three paces. Turn around. Left, out. Come on, we gotta go. Hurry, Eric. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Right." And the kid is like, that's further disorienting. That's further freaking him out because he can't process that information because what he's hearing is not lining up with what he's seeing, what he's feeling. It's difficult for him to integrate that into a plan, right? And so what the mother would have to do, what any good parent like you and I would be be like, dude, what are you doing? Go in there and get your kid Yeah. and bring them out. And then you can explain to them so they know in the future, right? And that's essentially what empathy is in a moment. We go in and we find the person and we lead them out Wow! instead of yelling at them what to do from inside the spot.
0: I love that analogy that, I mean, for me, it just, it clicks and it's, I, I, what I love about it is I probably would never have thought about it that way. I probably would have just said empathy is just feeling compassion for somebody or saying, you know, that, that stinks for you, but Go yeah, ahead. that's
1: like the first. That, yeah, that's such a. That's just a fraction of what empathy is. That's why empathy is empathy is such a human emotion. It's such a. It's it, it's so necessary to a healthy, holistic life. Emotional well being really really is, and it's just basically meeting people where where they're at and 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 connecting with them on the basis of what they're, uh, that the fact that they're full, mm-hmm. and not based on what happened. The specifics don't matter. If your parents got divorced when you were 10 and my parents got divorced when they were 10, but maybe, Oh no, actually change. Grandparent. Say your grandma died when you were 10 and my grandma died when I was 10, but your grandma happens to live two houses down and you go over there multiple times a week and she helps you with your homework and she makes cookies. And my grandma lives in California and I see her every five years. So both our grandmas died. Right. But, but when your grandma died, it's going to affect you way more than it's going to affect me.
0: If you kind of mean
1: you're like, Oh, my grandma died. I'd probably be like, and that's what old people do, they die. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but but it's gonna affect me differently, you know? Yeah. Um, and so empathy for me would be able to 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 approach you based on the fact that your your cup is full. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what filled it, it just matters that you're full. So I don't care if your dog died, your grandma died, or you miss your, you know, your dad went on a trip for two weeks and you miss him. If you're full, then I need to dress you on the fact that you're full, it doesn't matter. The specifics of what made you full. Does that make yeah. sense? And that's no, mean, sense it makes
0: complete it sense. I understand, and, and one of the things that I try to do in, in my life more now, I think I'm more intentional with it, is to just realize that it's just people. You know, you, you can't have um, this preconceived notion of what a person is, what they're going through. I mean, there's I, I can think of countless amount of times where you have a conversation with a person, they just explode at you for no apparent reason. And you're you're just sitting there going, Well, I can either be offended by this or I can maybe take into consideration that maybe what happened was not what really happened. Maybe there's right. a lot more underneath it. Which again and that, is humility. Yeah. And if you can have those conversations with those people or maybe be that be that person that does reacts differently and actually embraces them and and yeah. and listens to them because i would say that the large majority of people out there are hurting inside and and they they do the thing where they agree. they they try to cover it up they try to you know even on like social media they'll they'll put up all the highlights the, the forward. yeah the
1: highlight yeah. Wheel.
0: and you know if you really know them you know that they're 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 putting up this this wall to protect them because they don't want people to really see how much they're, a- they're actually hurting inside. And I love how empathy ties into this because empathy is removing that facade. It's removing that wall, getting on that level with that person, and really just having that conversation, having that connection with them to help them. It's that, it's that Yeah, helping. and
1: especially saying, like, I'm going to make myself vulnerable first yeah. to show you that it's safe, right? Yeah. And that's, that's a big part of empathy is saying, like, because they need to know that you're not going to hurt them. If they're vulnerable. So I liken that moment often to like, you know, in movies when there's like a showdown and so, the, you know, both characters draw guns on each other and nobody's going to move until somebody does something first, you know, yeah. either going to shoot each other at the same time or whatever. And so empathy is essentially saying like, I'm going to put my gun down first and you could hurt me, but I'm going to really try to connect with you and I'm going to trust that you won't, you know, and then when they see that you put yourself at risk first. Then it then it what it does is it models that to them of hey it's safe for me to do it because this person did it that i know and I, I trust um and that's really a big part of it and that's why i wrote jacob you know the story of jacob is about finding emotional well-being and health and healing from the stuff that we've been through and from just that this the habits and the cycles that plague us through the practice of empathy and vulnerability because when we start living vulnerably and we start practicing vulnerability, with our empathy, what happens as a side effect is we start loving ourselves more and 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 and, and more substantively, like a, a depth of love, um, because we we know uh, our own weaknesses. You know, we, yeah. we we explore our own weaknesses, and then what that also then begins to happen is that catalyzes a love for other people that's much much deeper than like, oh, I love you. I want to be nice to you. It's like, no, when someone else is hurting, like you feel that as your own, like you, 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 you just start, you can't, I can't explain how it works. You start loving other people and you start looking around, like I'm at a coffee shop right now. I'm looking around all these people and, and a handful of them. I know most of them I don't. And I'm just thinking like, I really love all the different people. Like I'm looking at them, like, who, who are you? What's your story? Like. Why did you, why did you come here? Like what struggles have you gone through? Like every person is so precious, you know, and as you start to practice empathy, you start that, to develop that. And that makes it really easy to, uh, to connect with people and to help people, you know, and, it, and, it, and what it does, the best thing about it is that it makes for a more vitalized, enjoyable life. It really, really does. You feel more connected to the vibrancy. It's like you look around and everything already has deeper, richer colors. Does that make sense?
0: it well you you hit the nail right on the head talking about a more vitalized life i th- i think that had i not put those walls up when i was younger and 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 basically tried to not make myself or try to make myself invincible that i probably wouldn't have felt like i was floating through life as much i would have i would have been way more intentional with the relationships that i had way more intentional with the conversations that i had and just my every every interaction that i would have with a person would be completely different and yeah when it ultimately comes down to why we're here, why we do what we do, it's all about people and it's all about relationships Relationships. and having that empathy and having that mindset of connecting with people on that level is in my opinion, one of the best things that you can do, but it's one of the most for me foreign things to do until you understand the power of it. When you understand the power of it, it's it opens the whole world up.
1: It really does. And it feels hard because it feels kind of like, Uh, a non-essential right it's not a utilitarian approach right it's like people you know people are as important as they can you know play a role in what you're doing or maybe you can help them so that they can help you in the future like when you live that way it's just like you're essentially living with one lung right so you can breathe but you can't breathe fully you know you can make it through but tasks are more difficult than they were intended to be because you're living a half-life right and uh and that's really uh, that's really the truth, and people don't realize that, and so people take a utilitarian approach, and they don't take time to really engage and make eye contact and let people talk and hear their story. And so – but when you start to see the value in that, it, it becomes addictive. You can't get enough, and you hit the nail on the head. Why are we here, right? I mean what is the only thing you can take you know, to eternity with you is the relationships that you have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Because that all that will still like this, we'll remember this. The depth of our relationship will carry over, but that's the only thing, well, the f- you know, we can take anything else.
0: Yeah, and the, the crazy thing about this conversation is, so we the the podcast before this, we had a Mecca on, and he talked about just his, his story and, and kind of how his perspective changed when it was less him focused and more servitude focused. And one of the things that he talked about in the last episode was invest in the things that outlast you and just building those relationships. And, it, and somehow we got onto a common theme with that, but I love that quote from him because when you know that it, it is about relationships and it is about helping other people and it is about empathizing with them and just finding a way to really connect with them, those are the things that outlast you. Those are the things that uh, make an impact, not just in your circle of friends, but in your community. We talk a lot about influence, influencing culture and changing ourselves, changing our city and changing our world. This is a key ingredient to do it, is being intentional with the relationships that you have because I guarantee you, if you have a positive, open relationship with your friends to where you're more transparent and you're less guarded, it's going to make those relationships better, which will make you have better friends, which will make you have better community and everything. It's it, 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 it snowballs. And I love that it, that it's as simple as that. But the funny thing to me is it it seems so complex.
1: Yeah. And then be, just being present, you know I mean? If I can, you know, I know we're almost out of time, so I just kind of want to tie it all together. Just to say, you know, whether it's in color pop, Jacob and the cloak and all the other stuff that I'm, you know kind of involved in it all has one thread which is being fully present and being real being honest with yourself about where you're at and what you feel and then bringing that reality that realness to bear on all your relationships in every single moment I think when you do that your business will succeed because people know that you're authentic that you really care about their best interests. See it all starts with love dude if you can love yourself and love others with humility and genuine care right? Then you're going to always do the best thing you can for them, right? And what's more is they're going to receive that message. It's going to be communicated to them and they're going to want to do business with you because they, and they're going to want to give you that same love and reciprocate that back because they feel that authenticity from you because you can just, you can, and you know what I'm talking about. You can see it on somebody's face and you know that they're not like, you know that feeling when you're in a conversation and somebody keeps darting their eyes around the room as they're talking to you almost Mm -hmm. like if anybody else more important than you walks up, I'm definitely getting (laughs) out of this conversation. So It's kind of hard to keep talking because you're like, are you? Hello, you know, but if you're sitting down with someone and they're like really engaged, that's a pleasurable feeling. Why? Because we're wired for connection. We're wired for genuine, authentic relationship. And when we when we give that out, we receive that back and enhances the um, it enhances uh, the return on everything that we put our mind and our heart to. So whether it's business, whether it's relationships, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your girlfriend, boyfriend, friendships, anything. When you show up and and you are authentic and real and you do your best to be a loving, kind and humble person, then everything that you touch will increase.
0: The purpose of, of having us get together and talk was not necessarily to talk about all the things that we talked about, but I love how this is the direction that, that, that we went because you know, this is one of the things that I think people need to hear. And especially my audience, the the target demographic, I believe, struggles with some of the same things that I struggled with 10 years sure. ago. And, and it's it's just I don't I can keep everybody at an arm's length. I'm not I'm not gonna be that lovey dovey person. But I think that, you know, if they can really figure out how to be more vulnerable, how to be more authentic with people That it's just going to enhance every, every part of their life. So Scott, I appreciate you taking the time to speak to our audience and share your story. I mean, I had a fantastic time and uh, hopefully whatever, whatever they're building behind you (laughs) gets completed. (laughs) Oh, there we go. These
1: boys are hard at work over here, man.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can hear him thumping around, but uh, no, no. Thanks for thanks for coming on and, and sharing your story, Evan. Thank um, you for
1: having me, man. It was a true honor, man. I, I really, like I said, you said you look up to me. I mean, I, you know, all, all jokes aside, man. I mean, I really, I really do, and have for quite some time. You and what you guys are doing at YBT and everything. I mean, I think you're a a great man and a strong businessman, and uh, and I really appreciate you having me on your show, man. It means a lot.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're cheering for you. Tell everybody real quick, where can they find Jacob and the Cloak? And so Jacob, uh, how can they get in touch with uh, ColourPop?
1: Okay, so our website is ColourPopTulsa.com. You can go there. We're also on Instagram, Art, all that good stuff. You can find it. Uh, Jacob and the Cloak right now, we just have a landing page built, but you can go there. It's www.Jacobandthecloak.com. And you can sign up for the email list, which you definitely want to do because we've got updates coming out. You want to know when the book is coming out. It should be later this year, but we're gathering all of our data together. It's been endorsed as a counseling tool. It's been uh, also, uh, I was approached by a school here in Tulsa to develop a curriculum. So there's all kinds of stuff that's developing, and I'm gathering all that together. And I'm going to wait until I have it all to release it. But if you want to stay updated on that whole process, go to the website, sign up for the email list, and
0: you'll be in the loop as it were. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. And uh, listeners, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Okay, great. Thanks, Evan. See you. Young Businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose. when they say things like if, if you do what you really love to do, you'd never worked a day in your life. Like even editing these things, I'm just like, Oh man, this is so good. Like I get to listen to it again and I just really enjoy it. It's
1: honestly probably a real, a cool encouragement for you, you know, being able to hear, you know, it's kind of day in and day out, these stories, you know, it keeps you motivated too, I bet.
0: Well, it does. And it helps give me different perspective, like talking about empathy today. Like I know I need to work on it, (laughs) but it, like it Babe, makes more sense that's what to I'm me now.
1: Talked about today. She t- talked about empathy. So I'm going to oh. try to be more empathetic to you, baby. I love you.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you and that, that. <laughs> I think empathy is more natural for like, for my wife. Empathy is second nature for her. And so sometimes she just wants me to empathize with her. And I'm just like, yeah, that's bad.
1: Well, well, you're thinking from a solution base, right? You like if you had a problem, you want the solution. So it is, so it communicates love and concern to you. If I was to be like, this is what you should do, because you're like, yeah. yes, you want me to find a solution just as much as I do. Thank you. You know, <laughs> and so that communicates a positive feeling of love. You know, and it's all about what you know how is love communicated, and so for me, a lot of times a good question to always ask yourself in a moment, right, is like. If I'm feeling something or you know someone's feeling a certain way, you're like, if I felt like she's feeling, what could someone do to me right now to communicate love? And then you try and do that thing, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like a quick shorthand rule of like how to respond, in you know, ask yourself what would communicate love and then do that thing. Uh,
0: I'm, yeah. I might, I might splice some of this post uh, conversation back into the, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude. <you laughs> we're, can we're still going,
1: man. We you can splice as much as you want, brother.